0: Hmm? Ah.
1: Hey everybody, I'm Rima.
2: And I'm Peg.
1: And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to all things dark and twisty.
2: (laughs) This week we are covering the Oscar-nominated film Promising Young Woman
1: we're back i
2: was like i was just like it's like you know want to put some excitement on the movie but also like ah we're back recording for strange indeed and i I missed it so much
1: i know (laughs) i was like i i want to i want to be excited because we're back but boy uh we got some heavy stuff that we're definitely going to cover and talk about but i do want to acknowledge that you know you know for now that we're back we've taken, I've taken a break. You have stayed busy Uh because you you are still doing um, your other podcast run for your lives with Daphne. You guys are kicking ass on that podcast still. So you haven't quite had the same break, a little bit of a break because you weren't doing two, but um, yeah. Yeah, I've taken a little bit of a break just trying to kind of figure things out like what I want to cover next. I, you know, just want to be completely honest with everyone there's not a whole lot out right now um that I'm that excited to to podcast about. It's like there's a lot of shows and there's a lot happening, but not a whole lot that has really grabbed me and and, you know, drawn me to it. Um so I've, you know, just taken a step back to kind of think about what I want to do next and kind of fill some time until that next show comes on. So, you know, stay tuned. Um, I'm I'm, you know, not definitely not quitting or, you know, leaving or anything like that. I'm just really <laughs> trying to figure out because I really only want to cover things that we're excited about, both of us. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it takes work to do this. So you you have to kind of love what you're talking about and what you're working on. Um, you know, because otherwise it feels like a chore and I don't want this to feel like a chore. Or no. not be into it. So <laughs> so just to kind of give everyone a little bit of an update, um, you know, kind of where we're at um, with Strange Indeed. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what's coming out. I, I, You know, there's some whispers and rumors about things coming out soon. So we'll see. Um, but in the meantime, I'm really excited to be back, like I said, and podcasting with you, Paik. Really miss yeah. having you on here full time. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited to talk to you about this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'll, 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 just like I said for full disclosure, um, covering this movie was a little selfish because I want so many people to watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was so, so excited. I, I just, I have to talk about this movie. I couldn't stop thinking about this movie after I watched it. It just would not leave my brain. I kept thinking about it, and like one day I would not be thinking about it, but then all of a sudden something would pop up in my head from this movie, a scene or music or just dialogue or something. And it just would not leave my head. And I kept talking to my kid about it cause I watched it with her. Um, you know, we would talk about different, um, you know, plot or plot points and stuff in the movie. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like, I should just podcast on it. You know, this totally fits, <laughs> you know, kind of what we would normally cover here on strange indeed. It's, it's, you know, got dark humor, it's twisted. Um, and I think there's a really good story there. Um, and I thought, if I podcast on it, I can get people to watch it. Because I've been there trying to get go. everybody to watch <laughs> this movie. And I thought, this is my way of manipulating everyone into watching it. So just being truthful there. <laughs> <So>.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it works. Because I was going to watch it anyway. Because mm-hmm. I'm just – I'm being a big like movie fan. This is something I've done for years. Mm-hmm. Is every year when they release the Oscar nominations, I make a list in my phone, like a checklist – of everything that has any nominations. So there's like 50 something, you know, movies and shorts and everything that end up on that list. Yeah. And then just within that like month or month and a half that I have before the Oscars happen, I just try to cram in and watch as many of them as I can. So this kind of That's works. You awesome. texted me like, what do you think of this? And I was like, it's on my watch list anyway, let's do it. Woo-hoo.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love that. We're definitely of the same mind. I, I kind of do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I won't say I've watched every single one. If I'm not feeling that awesome about it, I may not watch it, but I do try to watch all the movies that get nominated every year, so yeah, so I love that um, that, that you're the same. Um, so let me ask. Um, well, before we start talking about. Um, too much of the movie and and what your general thoughts are. I do want to just kind of preface um, all of this that um, hopefully you have watched the movie before listening to the podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. But just so everyone knows, you know, maybe a trigger warning here, we're going to be talking, you know, about consent and sexual assault and um, things of that nature on the podcast. So, you know, just kind of be warned that that's, you know, we're going to talk about those things. So if that's something that, you know, um, you you maybe don't want to listen to, then maybe don't listen to this podcast because, Um, Yeah, this is what we're going to talk about. So just want to put that out there first before we start talking about it. Um, But now that um, I've put that out there, um, Mm -hmm. I would love to ask you, Paik, um, had you before the film? was oscar nominated um had, had you seen the trailer had you heard of the film before it became no it nominated? was Any- off
2: of my radar completely okay. until the no- nominations list But that's usually how it is the nomination <laughs> list comes out and i'm like oh i've seen two of these right and i've heard of four like you know like i was like where yep. did these come from so <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but so yeah i had no i didn't know anything about it until after you had already seen it and you were like just like geeking out about it on like in the group and stuff on Facebook. And so I was like, okay, okay. I need to. (laughs) So then I like, didn't look at a trailer or anything. I just read like the quick little like synopsis that doesn't give much away, like kind of what the idea is. And I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, I'll stop at that. That'll be cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Good. Good. Uh, Well, I was curious um, because I I think, uh, you know, a lot of people like, like I said, I, I watched it with my daughter and she hadn't heard of it until, uh, you know, it kind of start. We, we're we we're big awards nerds in the house, you know, Grammys, um, Emmys, you know, Golden Globes, Oscars, you know, we're, we love the award season. And um, so we start paying attention, you know, if we haven't heard of anything, usually by then, once it starts popping up and getting nominated for awards or even winning those awards, it's kind of like, oh, what's that about? But I remember last year. Uh, 2020 when uh, it was uh, being um, I think shown at Sundance it had caught my Mm -hmm. attention because I do kind of pay attention a little bit about what's going on at Sundance and you hear you know a little bit out in the movie world about it and I remember seeing the trailer for it then and the trailer doesn't give a lot away it's in fact I think a little bit um, deceptive which I'm going to talk about but you know I heard about it then Mm -hmm. and I was really intrigued didn't really know what it was about but just from the trailer it kind of grab my attention uh so so yeah then when you know i was hearing more about it and it was starting to get recognized and nominated and i was like oh well yeah this must be a really good movie then or you know something that's is probably worth watching and then yeah i watched it and it was like bam you know (laughs) in your face (laughs) so so anyway what are like your general thoughts we're going to go into, we actually do have a top yeah. five. We, we normally just do discussions for movies, but I thought, I don't know. I think we could do a top five out of this one. Um, there's probably a lot to talk about, but what were your just general overall thoughts about the movie?
2: Um, I really liked it. I was, I really enjoyed it. It was, it kept me, you know, it was one of those good like movies that keeps you on edge, but I've noticed even like the, like Oscar nominated movies. That's why they get nominated Is Even the ones that are just, like, straight, like, dramas that are actually, like, you read the synopsis, whatever, and you're like, that sounds like the most boring thing ever. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just use, like, Mank as an example, because that's getting a lot of... I watched it, and it's, like, all in black and white, and it's literally just a movie about, like, a person who's writing the screenplay for a movie. Mm -hmm. But... Like, it they, they just has that way of, like, like, really, like, bringing you in to where, like, even, like, the most simple things, you're, like, sitting there, like, ooh, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And so this definitely had that formula, which is why I'm sure it's getting all this recognition. But, like, beyond that, then I was just, like, but, for like, for a good reason, because there's, like, there's a lot of, like, social, like, awareness in this movie. And there's a lot of, you know, really good, like, commentary on those things. yeah While also being very tongue-in-cheek and kind of, like, like dark humor about it. And... So yeah, it was just like got to the point with which we'll talk about later because like that's one of my points mm-hmm. is you know, you kind of get to this like big climax in the movie, and I'm like literally like I have to know how this is gonna go.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. I I love that enthusiasm um and that attitude. Um, you know, I, I feel like this was a film that when I watched it, it made me so uncomfortable, angry, and sad. All at the same time mm-hmm. while also still being very satisfying. So oh, yeah.
2: that opening scene mm-hmm. was literally, yeah, I'm sitting there it was like, how like you said, like, like that anger, like because I'm like sitting there like rolling my eyes, like, oh my god, this fucking guy. <laughs> like, I was like, Are you kidding me? Like, and it's just like, uh, like it does. It just like just it makes you angry. Yeah. Like you said, I was just like, yeah. Oh my God, how does she deal with this?
1: <laughs> yeah. I have so many thoughts and I, I'm not sure. Like I have notes, I have my talking points, but I don't know. I could totally go off the rails here and go in a rant. I don't know what's going to happen while I talk about this. This movie, <laughs> um, it just triggered so many emotions and feelings. Um, that I don't quite know what to expect. So let me apologize in advance, fake for what might happen during this. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've um, got some stuff in my
2: notes that can be kind of like, or I'm like, yep, I'm going to go in. So,
1: yeah, I I think we're just going to go there. So I, I, am so excited. Like I said, to be podcasting with you again, I'm so excited to jump into this movie and talk about it and be able maybe this will be a little bit, cathartic for me maybe <laughs> to try and get yeah. some of this out because like I said I have to talk about it and I feel like it's it's gonna be um uh just just good to get this out there uh, so yeah. with that being said what is your number five uh, my number
2: five I'm gonna stay very very surface okay because like you know <laughs> I'm gonna go into you know without diving into the story first was just the cast itself yeah I wanted to mm-hmm. I wanted to take a little bit to to like geek out about that because mm-hmm. it's really cool. Please do. Cause like, you know, again, I hadn't really looked into it too much. Like I'd seen like some of the people that were in it that I'm a big like fan of, but like, well, I say that like one person, like I'm a huge Bo Burnham fan. So mm-hmm. I knew he was in it, but that was about it. Um, So when like, I'm watching it and then like the opening credit kind of part where she's walking down the street with like the, the jelly donut mm-hmm. and you know, the, the cast names are popping up on the screen. And I was like, I did not realize that this was going to be this <laughs> full of awesome people mm-hmm. the only downside like the only one only one that's unfortunate is the lead actress herself i don't know i was not familiar with oh carrie uh, mulligan carrie mulligan i okay. have not seen her other work so she's been like very off my radar so I was like she's the only one i don't know but right it was a great performance and she definitely ran it really well mm-hmm. and so i was like well now it's like one of those things we'll have to keep an eye out for her and go back and watch some of her other filmography because like she was great, and yeah. yeah, and then of course, not necessarily cast, but uh, you know, technically. But then the little tidbits of you know, I was Margot Robbie was a producer, and yep. I really liked that. I was like, I could, you know, definitely tell like some of her attitude was probably <laughs> placed into a lot of the scenes and stuff for the you know, especially the character of of Cassie. Mm-hmm. And then the the director herself, Emerald Fennel, Fennel, because I think it's really cool. This is her debut film as a director she had never directed a full full full-length film she had like directed like a short before this and that's it
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and so i think it's incredible to come out with a debut film this strong and be nominated for all of these things i think because i I have that movie watch list and i have what they're done like yeah ended up being nominated for you know best picture best director so she's already got (laughs) directing nomination as well the best actress uh original screenplay and editing so that's really cool. Oh, yeah. But yeah, getting into some more of the cast uh, Laverne Cox. I absolutely love her.
1: Yeah, Orange is the New Black Man. Yes. She's so good. I was good like, in that. she's
2: rocking that septum piercing in this movie. Too. <laughs> she plays Gail, the uh, the coffee shop owner, for those who don't know who she is. And yeah, uh, she's awesome. And then, so, you know, Bo Burnham as Ryan, which I have a lot to say about him later. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we do. <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, I love him as an actor and comedian and musician, and so it was really cool to see him in this movie and really play kind of like a caricature of himself, but then like mm-hmm. really show some acting chops with it, which was really cool.
1: Yeah, he surprised me at how good he was.
2: Yeah, and then uh, they just sprinkled a lot of other ones in just like little like one scene you know, show up moments like uh, Christopher Mintz Plass or Plassé. I don't know how to pronounce it exactly, but McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. I'm not, a, I'm not a super bad fan really, but I've seen him in other stuff that I really enjoyed him. Yeah. And as the motherfucker in Kick-Ass 2, he's great. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, he's a lot of fun. And then uh, Cassie's parents, Jennifer Coolidge and Clancy Brown. Oh
1: my gosh. I think I that's
2: such definitely. a fun... <laughs> And it, and it
1: took me a moment, I don't know if it was the the color of her hair, I'm so used to seeing Jennifer Coolidge as a blonde, that <laughs> yeah. it took me a minute, I was like, oh my gosh, that's Jennifer Coolidge, so yeah. that took me a minute, but oh my gosh, I'm a huge Clancy Brown fan, so to see Clancy Brown, I was like, oh my god, that's her dad, yeah. that was great, yeah.
2: It was, it was interesting, like, that would have been like casting, you wouldn't really think to put them two together as like the like straight character, like parents to mm-hmm. somebody, but it worked, it worked so well. It worked,
1: didn't it? Yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then I'm a big fan of Netflix's Glow, which means I'm just going to be eternally upset and mad at Netflix for that forever, for canceling it <laughs> between seasons without any kind of, you know, <laughs> wrapping it up at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two great cast members from there, Allison Brie, which she's also done so many other things like Community and Horse Girl and other stuff that I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Chris Lowell is also from Glow. He plays Bash in Glow and he was Al- Monroe the right the guy <laughs> the uh, kind of main protagonist I get or antagonist um, right if you yeah and then Connie Britton is Dean Walker just the one scene but
1: mm-hmm. she's great oh love Connie Britton
2: and then the Kim last Taylor. one that I and yeah <laughs> there's and I'm, I'm sure there's a plenty like other ones that I'm not mentioning but you know, like because Adam Brody was in it mm-hmm. and But I think the the last one that I really want to shine some light on was Molly Shannon. She had the one quick little scene that had so much of an impact on Cassie's character, though, as Nina's mom, as they're sitting there and talking about, you know, she kind of gives her the speech of like, you need to move on and let go, not just for you, but for us and for Nina and for, and it it really kind of turned her around up until the big, you know, kind of climax where things happen that turn her back on her mission. but. But I loved that scene because Molly Shannon, as hilarious as she is, is also mm-hmm. really great at pulling at your heart streaks in, uh, heartstrings in dramatic roles as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She was really great. Yeah. It was so, yeah. a great sprinkling <laughs> of cast, like you said. You know, lots of, you know, big names, you know, and it could have just been one scene that they were in, but they made such an impact, you know, in, in mm-hmm. however short of time that they were. You know, in those scenes or how, you know, whatever lines that they had, you know, I thought was just really well done, you know, all around. Yeah. I'm glad, glad that you, you know, noticed that and picked up on it. Um, That's actually, I'll just switch that around. That's actually my number two uh, was casting. Oh, cool. So I'll just, you know, kind of chime into what you said and I'll switch my numbers around um, and add to it. You know what was great about some of that casting so you mentioned I love Adam Brody. He will forever be my Seth Cohen from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how how I don't care. I'm I'm I know I'm too old for that show. I don't care. I watch young adult shows whatever. Um I admit to it, but I I love the OC and I love Adam Brody from then when he was in the OC. So to get him in this opening scene and i mean this was i feel like a collective cringe moment this cl- this opening yeah. scene with with our my beloved seth cohen or jerry as he is in this film mm-hmm. you know um you know he was cast in this role and other guys cast like Bo Burnham, um, Chris Lewis, who you said you know him from Glow, and I'm, I didn't yeah. watch that, and I don't know what his character was like, but I remember him, you know, playing a character in Private Practice who mm-hmm. was a nice guy, and yeah, I, I, you know, the casting that they did for these um, characters was on purpose, you know, to have yeah. these archetypal, um, I'm not saying that right, nice guys in these predatory type roles. You know, mm-hmm. we have that opening scene where we've got Jerry and all of his friends, you know, you know. Straight out of the gate, the first line in the movie is fuck her, you know, yeah. as they're all talking about, like, it sounds like from the conversation, a female coworker. Um, yeah. And then they notice, you know, Cassie you know, over there sitting there um, off to the side and they start commenting about her and they're like, oh man, where are her friends. You know, she's not safe with, you know, the kind of guys in this club. And I'm like, what? Like you guys, you guys are the guys in this club, you know? And then in the same breath as they, they say that, or they act like concerned for her and about her safety and that, you know, she's vulnerable. But then in that same breath, they start talking about how hot she is. And then about how challenging it would be to pick her up. And, you know, Adam Brody, you know, goes over to her. And I'm thinking, you're going to be my nice guy, right? You're going to (laughs) be, you're going to be the one guy that's not going to do what I think you're going to do. And it was a
2: great bait and switch because his two friends were like being real, like, chauvinistic pigs about it and And then like you
1: he wasn't chiming in yeah
2: you see him like kind of being like no let's not talk like that and let's not and then he goes over there to make sure she's okay and so then you see as it starts turning and he is going that route and you're just like oh my god that's what i was talking about earlier like my eyes are rolling back like oh i had faith in you but fuck this guy now
1: (laughs) i know i was like oh Adam brody you failed me i i know i even (laughs) said it out loud whenever i was watching with my daughter i was like oh i was like no adam no (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was, I thought, real genius that they purposely got guys that are typically, and, and, and in real life, I'm sure that they are really nice guys, but how we would know them in TV shows or movies that they've been in, you know, they typically do play the nice guys, you know, and then in turn to have them, you know, play in quotes, nice guys in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Bo, you know, and all of these other sweetheart type guys, the casting was just really brilliant. It really, I think, twists the knife yeah. even further than if they had cast any other men to play these mm-hmm. roles. Because it, it, like I said, that hurt. That did feel like a knife in the gut when Adam Brody, you know, turned out to not, you know be an asshole, you know, like so many other men that that do that type of thing um so yeah casting brilliant um yes and yeah i mean they all think a lot of these men that she confronts and that she deceives you know um in in what she does when she you know pretends that she's drunk and they they take her home or they take advantage of her you know everyone in this movie thinks that they're a good person you know Mm -hmm. and it's you know they're shocked you know, when you tell them that they're not or they realize that they're not. And, yeah. you know, all of these guys would say and did say, I'm not that guy. Or, you know, tell tell you how much of a nice guy that they are. And it's not that they're lying. They've just never thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> They've just never thought about it. Um, you know, and, and it was ugh, so hard to watch. And I feel like I've even... I've witnessed it a hundred times. I've had it done to me so many times, you know, you've got this guy. guy's a good guy, well, we've got a connection. And when she like said McLovin, cause I, I don't really know mm-hmm. his name that well, that's how I know him. Uh, you know, and she's like, Oh really? What's my name? Yeah. <laughs> what are my hobbies? You know? And
2: yeah, well, what connection are you talking about? Yeah.
1: What connection is that? Exactly. So <laughs> <And> his
2: character, <laughs> yeah, it's, because, yeah, you say, like, they don't know. Like, it's not like they know that they're these, like, misogynistic assholes who are taking advantage of somebody. It's like they're oblivious, but they're still doing it because mm-hmm. he's even giving her this speech about how, oh, you don't need to wear all that makeup because it's just a, you know, patriarchal concept to, to make women feel inferior and blah, blah. And he's uh-huh. going on this, like, f- feminist-sounding rant, but then yet here he is, like. Assaulting her, poking
1: her up, <laughs> yeah. like she's already, uh, you know, supposed to be drunk. We know she's not, mm. but you know, for, he believes her to be completely inebriated. You know, yeah. getting ready to be sick, passing out on his couch, and he's, you know, trying to get her to snort some coke, and she's like, no, 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 no. You know, she's he's trying to get her to do it. Pretty much sticking the the thing right up her nose, and when she mm. still doesn't do it, he takes it and like, you know. Lines it. Her lines her gums with it, you know, yeah. and and just you know, and she at that point is supposed to be like too really drunk to understand what's going on, or you know, to really know what's going on, or you know, really say no. Um, so, so yeah, and I'm like, th- I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, how can you think that's okay? <laughs> just <laughs> um, it's just like I said, it's it's really really hard to watch. So anyway um yeah <laughs>
2: that
1: well that was my number one or i was gonna say number one we're not there yet um my number <laughs> got a ways to go five yeah i got a little bit more to go we got definitely some more points to make here i'm not done i've got way more yeah. <laughs> to say um what is your number two
2: uh four four
1: oh. <laughs> look at me i'm sorry you I- just
2: decided we're going in reverse order today no. <laughs> i've
1: had tequila. And I'm a little bit out of practice. It's been a few weeks <laughs> since I've had to podcast, so I'm a little out of practice. So sorry. It's all good. <laughs> what is your number four?
2: My number take? four? Yeah. No. Um. And so I started on the surface, and now I'm going to go straight to probably the biggest and hardest scene to talk about. Oh, boy. I'm just going to cut right to, I have it titled in my notes, it's the bachelor party and the wedding. Oh,
1: shit. Damn, And baby. kind of- <laughs> I thought we were going to work our way into this one. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> I, think I might as well right. just jump in and get it over with. I was,
1: Rip that bandaid yeah, right off.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's
1: Let's do that's, it. This
2: is kind of that climax I was talking about earlier of, that I was so invested at this point is whenever she realizes Ryan was involved with all this stuff and he hasn't said anything and and you see that kind of twist in her where she, you know, blackmails him in a way, getting the location of the bachelor party where this cabin is. Mm-hmm. And then she's headed there and she's got this plan. And then I was like, shit's about to go down. And I have to know. Because, like, you've seen her character and you know that, like, she's willing to throw herself into dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. But you're not really fully sure what she's capable of exactly. Uh huh. Like, how far will she go? And so you're not, I had no idea. I was like, I don't know what her plan is. But I have to know. I want to know.
1: Yes. You <laughs> want to see how she's going to finally confront Al, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And which the music in that scene, that like ominous like violin cover of Toxic, yes. I was like just enthralled with that. I was like, this sounds so cool. I, 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 knew, I knew you
1: would love it. I knew you would love yeah.
2: it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just. It's crazy. She's got this whole plan. She's, you know, a stripper that was, was, you know, ordered for the party mm-hmm. and all the guys don't even question it. And, you know, there's that like real, like creepy line those, you know, after she's got him upstairs because she does, she pours the, the alcohol in all their mouths and stuff. And then when he's yelling for help, she's like, oh, they're all passed out by now. Cause if there's anything I learned from our time at, at our college, you know, was, was how to slip a, a, you know, slip something into a drink. You know, I've, I figured that out. How yeah. easy it was. So she kind of just took care of all of them really, really easily. And so I'm sitting here like, man, how far is this going to go? She's got her, you know, scalpels and knives and scissors and stuff out. And I was like, she is about to fuck this guy up. Yeah. Carve Nina's name all over him, do whatever. And then that twist where he breaks one hand free and knocks her out and puts the, her under the pillow. I just... Jaw dropped mm-hmm. the whole time and just silence. Not just me the movie. They yeah, cut the, the music. Movie. They yeah. cut it was just silent other than the sounds of him like crying and her fighting and whimpering and then that's it. And it
1: was, so and it, watch.
2: was <laughs> it was rough because it lasted two and a half minutes. It did. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was reading that uh, Emerald Fennel's the, the director, her father in law is a retired police officer. And so she went to him and was asking him different questions. She asked him, like, what's, like, the average time of, like, if you smother somebody with a pillow, how long does it take to kill them? And he had given her the answer of two and a half minutes. And so she made the purposeful choice of going, okay, then we're going to shoot this scene uncut for exactly two and a half minutes and just make people be uncomfortable and sit through that whole thing. Yeah. And damn, did it have an impact.
1: <laughs> Good. Yes. Yeah. yeah that was a rough one
2: yeah and I was just like so trying to figure out after that point because I was like does she get out how does she and then I like halfway through that I realized I was like no she's not going to make it out of this like that's what they're trying to do is just flip everything on us right here at the end
1: and they did indeed Mm -hmm. I didn't expect it to go that way at all Um, and to be honest I I thought you know, like I said, I watched it with my daughter and she's sitting there with me. She had already seen it. So yeah. she had already watched it once and she's like, and I was trying to get her to watch it at first, but she, we were going to watch it together for the first time. It, the timing didn't work out. Uh, she went back to her place and watched it. She's like, oh my God, Mama, i watch it. We got to watch it together. And I'm like, okay. So she'd already watched it. She knew it was going to happen. She's sitting there like watching me. She's like watching the movie, watching uh-huh. me, watching it for my reaction. And to be honest with you during that scene, I mean, it was horrific. And it was hard yeah. to watch. But honestly, I thought I thought Nina was or sorry, I'm calling her Nina because she called herself Nina. Mm-hmm. I thought she was faking. Like I thought that uh-huh. she because the way that she had been deceiving everyone throughout the whole film, like she kept deceiving these men into thinking that she was drunk and inebriated, and then she would like wake up and be sober and like, you know, yeah. ball them out for what they were doing. I thought that she was trying to scare the shit out of him. I thought she was like playing dead and that she was going to like pop up and be like you know ha ha you motherfucker you know did you learn a lesson did I you know did this impact you enough to you know because that's what she was I feel like trying to do you know Mm -hmm. you know making an impact to these guys to be like wake the fuck up because what you're doing is messed up you're not a nice guy you know and I thought that's what she was trying to do and it wasn't until they had her in the burn pile and you see her hand and and I went uh, – I looked at my daughter and I go, is she really fucking dead? <laughs> and she goes, uh-huh. And I go, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so it completely – I didn't know until the burn pile that I was like, oh my gosh, she's really fucking dead. Because I I was literally waiting for her to pop up out of that pillow and be like, yeah. got you, motherfucker. And no, yeah. that's not what happened. And it just
2: – Yeah, there's so many like again that scene is hard to watch but then after that like there's so many like intense like back and forth because i'm thinking like that's awful that's terrible like that she is dead she's gone but it's like but he's not gonna be able to explain this so he's fucked right Mm -hmm. and then his friend comes in and like takes care of him it's like you know oh no we're gonna cover it all up and nobody sees and they burn the body And i'm sitting here like well shit
1: like, I know, like, you, you guys
2: are going to get away with this. Yeah, you like, and I think that was the director's original plan, was to end the movie with just them burning a body, and then that's the end of the movie.
1: Yeah. And cast yeah.
2: audiences did not like that, and so she did write this kind of other ending.
1: Yes, you were that, right.
2: That helps with that, which I'm, I'm glad, because then, you know, you get to see that she is still thinking, you know, ahead <laughs> a step ahead, and she kind of gets the last laugh, in a way, to where she sent the lawyer... Like the, the information and and the whatever, uh, proof that he would need and evidence that he would need that like this is where she went and if I go up missing then like something definitely happened.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, and then it's enough to where you get the the police to to make sure to find the body, find the rem- or the remains at least to find enough evidence and then swoop in and arrest him for murder right after he gets like right in the middle of the wedding, like his after his
1: perfect Instagram wedding, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> with the hippie drum circles and everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was all there. Yeah, I, you know, I read a lot of comments, um, you know, online that people had a lot of issue with, like they did not like the ending, and mm-hmm. I thought it was, um, I mean, I wasn't happy to see Cassie die. I didn't want her to, but I thought. You know this is this is how she went, and I honestly I don't think that it could have went any other way. I don't think that she could have. You know, you see so many revenge thrillers. You know, people slinging swords and slinging guns and killing everyone. I just don't mm-hmm. think it was realistic. If you're wanting to keep it realistic, which is I think what they were going for in this movie. Yeah. You know, for her to realistically walk walk in and kill all these guys, or even to kill um, Al. You know, um, that it just, it doesn't seem realistic at all. And it makes sense that he would react the way that he did, uh, with her, you know, because well, one, he thinks he's a good guy, right? He's like, yeah. You know, hey, that's not me. We were just kids and that was a long time ago and you know, I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. I love my fiance. I'm a good person. You know, so he thinks he's a really good guy. He's got this awesome fiance who's getting ready to get married too. You know, he barely remembers this girl, you know, and you know, as far as he knows, hey, like he said, they were all it was a party and they were all drunk and hey, you know, Nina kind of slept with a lot of people, you know, and
0: So Mm -hmm. to
1: him, you know, and he sees Cassie as someone that's going to do something really bad to him. Like, and she is like, she's got the scalpel. She's going to carve (laughs) Nina's name all over him. And so he's to him, he's fighting for his life. Like literally not just, you know, um, literally for his life, but like everything that he has in his life, his career, his, his fiance, you know, everything that he believes himself to be as far as being a good guy. You know, she's getting ready to do this. So this is his way. So to me, it was realistic, you know, yeah. what, what he did. And like you said, you know, Cassie kept putting herself in these terrible situations where she had no regard for her own safety and life mm-hmm. at all. I mean, the risks that she was taking, um, I mean, I was scared for her a lot of times. Cause I'm like, man, you don't know what's going to happen when you get up to this guy's apartment, what they're going to do to you, you know, slip you drugs, slip you something in their drink. Um, Beat you up, knock you out. I mean, yeah, these and I. I really, (laughs) this is just sad. The world that we live in. That that's where my mind goes because that is realistically what happens. You know, to to women. So I was like really scared for her in all of these situations. But and she was really careful. I mean, she was meticulous. She planned. I don't think that she went to that cabin really intending to die. Cause I thought about that. I, I you know, I was having conversation with my conversation with my daughter about that. I was like, like, do you think that was a suicide mission? And she's like, I don't know. And, you know, we kind of talked about it and I don't know that she went there with the intent to die, but I think that she knew that something could happen. Like you don't just walk yeah. up into a cabin in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of drunken guys um, and, and not think that something bad might come of that. And clearly yeah. she knew that something might happen because she had this whole backup plan that that you talked about. Um, so she was definitely thinking that this was worth a risk to her. She had taken lots of risks. She thought this mission that she was on that this was worth that risk, and she died for her cause. yeah you know um, but yeah, i I do think that um, it was kind of poetic that you know, she had this contingency plan that should something happen, she would in turn, you know, have all of this happen at Al's wedding. Like she hated this guy so much. She totally ruined this whole day, you know, for him, you know? So I, I I think that Cassie had this dark humor about her, that this is, you know, kind of how she had planned it out to be, you know, and that's how it ended up working (laughs) out. So I, I love, you know, I, I mean, it was kind of a bittersweet kind of ending for me. Um, But I think that, you know, the point of it is that, you know, this is, this is like literally the point, you know, um, nothing happened to the man and she got murdered, blah, blah, blah. That's, that's kind of the point you're supposed to be upset because that's literally the reality of society right now. You're meant to feel frustrated. So if that's Mm -hmm. like how you're feeling about it, that's to me kind of the point. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of my thoughts on the ending. And what happened? So.
2: <laughs> I figured, yeah, because I didn't know if you had it later. Because you said, it, I was like, you know what? Like, might as well jump into it and get that kind
1: of conversation going. I'm okay with it. Going, it actually,
2: it's gonna, you know,
1: like, Well, it was my number one. But, you know, um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's fun to switch things around like that. Because, you know, you want to talk about what you're really excited about and what you're passionate about. And if you have a really strong point about something – it doesn't have to be. You don't have to like save it for your number one. Um, that's just kind mm-hmm. of where mine landed. Um, but I liked it. I thought it was great. Um, to a point, anyway. Yeah, that's great. That was a great, great number two. I like that you just went for it. Um, well, that I'll just count that as my number four as well. What <laughs> was your number three?
2: Well, hopefully I'm not stealing all of yours in different orders and no, just let I'm, me run it. But hey, whatever.
1: <laughs> no, I'm okay with it because I mean I'm, I'm gonna talk uh-huh. about it. I'm gonna either talk yeah. about it now or I'm gonna talk about it later. But it makes sense to do it when you're talking about it. So
2: Yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. So my number three I have as Cassie's initial personal mission, not the one because like I, I spread it out. So I, this my you know, my number two here, spoiler for that, is then the like I call it like her like her marks. Which is kind of backwards because she actually has the marks in the notebook. And that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm talking about. Because the marks are like the ones where they have like the big marks on the screen. Like the main ones that were tied to Nina directly. Right. But then the first one is just her like personal mission that really doesn't have an end game. And that was her going to these bars every week. And just kind of her scared scared straight program on these douchebags. And that was kind of just a plan that like she just had in place as kind of her own little vigilante justice for what had happened for people who were not, you know, actually involved in that big situation with Nina. Yeah. And so that's just kind of her plan. She just baits and confronts these creepy scumbags. scumbags. You know, she's, you know, and at first I thought it was more serial killery. Like I'm thinking like, Oh, and then she killed the guy and they play all play off of with that with like the jelly, the jelly donut. donut. You think like, oh, she's covered in blood. Like
0: blood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Oh, that was genius. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but you see, it is more like she just, she sobers up and she's able to kind of just put the fear of God, into them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just to show them like, here's what you're doing and you know that you're doing it and you realize what you're doing. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. But then, yes, yeah, so we, we've talked about some of them, like, you know, Adam Brody's character, Jerry, because I was just like, again, like just rolling my eyes because I'm like, seriously, I was like, you seemed like the responsible, not shitty one. And then I'm like watching that whole thing. It was like the rideshare thing was kind of iffy, but I'm like, okay, I, you know, you have like this other like Uber driver. So like sort of acceptable, like maybe not the best idea, but if you have good intentions, it's okay. I'll let it, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I get it. But then as it just kind of goes like, oh, but we're going to go to my apartment and then I'm going to get you a drink and oh, you're so beautiful. And then it, it just spirals. And I'm like, oh God. Then I am just like, and here we go. It's like she's not kissing you back, you moron. Like fucking stop. <laughs> like yeah. I know, and that's when I am just like, yep, nope. He's he's trash. There we go. And and it's it's rough to watch even some of those because it's so frustrating. Because you are like, why do people just not get it? <laughs> like, I it's it's rough, and you know we get Christopher Mintz plus plus A. I'll never know, right? I need to look it up. But, uh, McLevin. McLevin, I know uh, I was
1: going to keep calling him that, because I can't pronounce his name either.
2: Yeah, because his, it, Neil. Neil was his character. Oh, okay, name. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, just the, the cocaine douchebag, as I call it, also. Like, he was kind of almost funny, his yeah. level of awkward creepiness. Because he's doing these little, like, kisses on her nose, mm-hmm. and the weird, and I'm just like, dude, you are pathetic. <laughs> like, what is like what a weirdo and then but she popped him gave him this good talking to and, and then left him and it's like what if one of these guys doesn't want to let you leave after you know if he's so mad after what you've done like
1: exactly it's like we talked yeah. about like it's she kept putting herself
2: in these positions
1: you don't know what's gonna happen yeah you get up there yeah
2: yeah and then one thing i really wanted to talk about those because you see after you know she goes back and she's got that notebook with these check marks and there was three different colors to the check marks so if i have one complaint is that we never knew what that was about because I was really intrigued by that. Because, like, okay, some of them were black, some are red, and then some are blue. And I was like, each one has to stand for a different thing.
1: Yeah. And, like, may-
2: okay, this guy was actually, like, okay, or this guy was totally, like, awful, or this guy, like, learned his lesson. Like, I don't know what each one could have stood for.
1: Yeah. Um, so the Different Colored Ink is something Carrie Mulligan is be- said is between her and the director, Emerald. Hmm. So there is some meaning to it, but we don't get to know what it is. I've seen some theories out there. I don't know that I you know, believe any of them or, or I don't know what's right because we don't know. They're not telling us. Yeah. But apparently there is meaning to it. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. All right. And then let's say I think – you know, this like vendetta that she's got herself on with this one, it affects that relationship that she has with Ryan before she even knows anything about him and his like personal involvement and stuff. But like when he seems like the really like perfect, nice guy, but then you see like, she like doesn't want to go into his apartment with him and doesn't want to like be intimate with him at any level. And like, he's cool with that. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. But I was like, but, what's her own thing? And I was like, is it because she's been on this like little vendetta for so long that maybe she's afraid to actually get close to somebody without that ulterior motive of trying to like, you know, get, get, you know, get them kind of that gotcha moment. Like, has she forgotten how to actually have a relationship with a man? (laughs) Like, I don't know. Like, you know, it's like trust issues have just like built. She's, it's like an addiction, like a drug addiction almost where, you know, it starts with these like trust issues with men and now she's just like popping those trust issues like pills mm-hmm. until that's all that there is. And so it's kind of like the other side of that is like she's focused on it too much to where now she could never actually have a trusting or loving relationship with a guy who really could be a good guy because she's so ingrained in that. No, no, this is all men now. This is all you know that's kind of what I took from kind it, and always, it's. But I don't blame her. Yeah, it's like, like all that
1: she has seen. I think she keeps waiting yeah. to come across somebody who's not an asshole when she goes out. I don't. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know what the different ink symbolizes at all. Um, I, I I couldn't really make that connection. So I don't know if she has encountered. You know, we only see what we've seen, and I think that in this journey, the seven-year journey from you know what happened to Nina, and where cassie is at now you know we're only seeing this very small part of her life and what has happened Mm -hmm. i don't know that she's encountered any nice guys and 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 what and whenever she started to venture out and go to clubs or go to these bars and you know kind of put herself in that kind of position to see you know Is a guy actually going to be a nice guy? Someone going to help her home? Someone going to help you know actually help her and not be an asshole and try to take advantage of her when she's in her drunken state? Um, So I don't know, but I mean, it feels like she's seen it over and over and over and over again that she probably can't believe that there's a nice guy. Let me tell you what I have my own trust issues. I can totally put when when that opening scene when she's in that scene with Adam Brody, um, I have been in that situation. And I think that many women have either been in that situation, know someone that's been in that situation, know a guy that's been that person, um, either yeah. Al or Jerry or Mclevin or even Ryan. You know I feel yeah. like we all either know them um, or have encountered them or has had something like that happen to them. Um, that's why this th- – there was some hard things to watch because it, it yeah. really triggered a lot of things for me. I've been that person. Um, and and so, yeah, it was hard. So, she probably does have like some serious trust issues um, yeah. about that. So, as soon as he invites her to his apartment, you know, she's just like, wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You can They're see like immediately girls. like it really takes her mm-hmm. for a shock. She's like, oh, fuck, like really? Yeah. Like, and I thought things were going so well, but then what I did like, and I've got, again, you know, (laughs) a lot more to talk about Ryan, Mm -hmm. but I did like in that moment, though, that he's like, oh, oh, shit, I just strung this on you. You don't have to say yes, this is okay. I am sorry. And I was like, you know, like, clap, like, bravo. Like, okay, good job, dude. Like, that's the way you handle that. Yeah, exactly. He
1: he said, I'm sorry. I I think I must have misread, mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: and I, I feel like that's fair. You know, in, yeah. in what he said in that moment, I, I'm not hmm, not letting him off the hook by any means. No, <laughs> um, no. <laughs> because I do think that he he really thought that he was a good guy, and I I think for a, a while during until the end, you know, we that he was or yeah. he thought he was, we thought he was, and that's what makes yeah. it so great. At, yeah, the at, end at
2: that moment course. of that scene in the movie, I was fully on board. I was with on him, board. I was, like, I was like, yay,
1: oh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. We've all kind of thought maybe we read a signal and was like oh shit sorry yeah. i'm 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 so sorry that if you know I crossed a line or said something i shouldn't have or whatever and then you back off and you give that person that space yeah. or whatever i feel
2: like so if somebody's like sober or at least you know in a space where they know you know where they can con- consent to whatever mm-hmm. I don't. there's nothing wrong with saying hey you want to come by my place right. as long as you know that there's a line and no means no and that's exactly. you know
1: yep yep yeah um i i don't know that i have cassie figured out either she's actually um you know my number three um Mm -hmm. it was hard to watch you know her go through all of these different um scenes of trying to avenge nina's like what happened to Nina um, and how she mm-hmm. continued to put herself in these predicaments. Uh, Cause I kept waiting for something really, which something does happen to her. Um, but I kept thinking something really bad is going to happen. And, you know, this is something that, and I know that Cassie herself was not the rape victim. Her friend Nina was, but
0: mm-hmm. you know, Nina
1: was raped and she's avenging her and something that, is common um um, you know rape victims will sometimes try to put themselves in these situations again um with a similar type purpose because what they're trying to do is recreate it and give it a different ending Mm. and you know kind of erase kind of, of what happened in their mind and you know she's trying to avenge her friend's crime by pretending to be this defenseless target um and put herself in those situations and um you know, it's it's like a counterphobia, I think is what they call it, you know. Um, you mm-hmm. know, trying to trying to do that when but you know when you fraternize with bad people, bad things happen, which is ultimately what happened to Cassie. You know, she got herself one last time in a bad situation with bad people and something bad did happen to her. Um but I liked that the movie didn't just go after the men in this Yeah. In all of this, they went after female characters too, you know, Mm -hmm. like Madison. Um, And then you mentioned, um, you know, the Dean. Um, Yeah. You know, it wasn't until they were affected by what Cassie did that they actually were remorseful or tried Mm -hmm. to make up for what they did um, for however they were involved in Nina's rape. And, Um, suicide and I know that isn't um, called out like it was never said really what happened to Nina but I mean I feel like you can kind of deduce you know what Mm -hmm. happened you know she she was raped um, reports it no one believes her Um, she accuses Al he gets a lawyer which we see um, because Nina confronts him I keep calling her Nina Jesus Cassie (laughs) um, confronts him and you know admits to and she tells him like you know you bullied her you harassed her you know um and then after all of this you know she's gone so we can deduce you know that she probably committed suicide um because we know that she's dead um but i like that they don't let the women out of it either like not only are the Mm -hmm. men culpable in what happened but you know because I, I feel like that's how the movie's kind of able to avoid the all men equals bad type yeah. of messaging. Um, women are often complicit in upholding rape culture as well. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they demonstrated really well in this movie. and I yeah, I liked that that you know this it wasn't just this one-sided thing. Um, it's not just like yeah. all men in quotes here.
2: You know, you have Madison who was very much like we, you know, Nina confided in you and told you and you didn't believe her. Mm-hmm. You didn't believe me when I said this happened and happened because, oh, you know, you know, those guys and, oh, you know, they wouldn't do that and, you know, whatever. And so that was her kind of fault in that. And then the 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 dean, her big fault there was like, you know, this this was brought to you. This accusation was brought to you. The evidence was brought to you. The witnesses were brought to you. But you didn't want to tarnish the school's image and name. And so you pushed it under the rug. Just like you've done. And then she even the, the the Dean even then goes like, we get accusations like this all the time. It's like, well, that's a big red flag right there. Like maybe you should have been doing something about it. So that stops happening.
1: Well, and that's kind of the whole freaking point of this movie Mm -hmm. where people, you know, these guys and women even are just kind of following everything that they see in movies. Um, And like, it's just so normalized. Mm-hmm. This behavior is just normalized. Oh well, you know, that's just what happens whoops when you drink too much. Oh, well, that's just what mm-hmm. happens at parties. You know, oh well, you should know better. Oh well, she liked to sleep around, you know, crying wolf. Oh my God. I just, <laughs> just wanted to scream um yeah. so so much um, during during this movie. Yeah. Um and you know it it really shows like a failure of the system, you know to hold people responsible for the crime, and the yeah. one person who really does seem to be remorseful was the lawyer played by yeah. Molina really he's great, really yeah. great actor, really like seeing him um and he was actually given mercy. he was the mm-hmm. one person who got you know. Got out of not having any type of um, action taken against him by Cassie. Like she had a dude waiting out there. I don't yeah, know. No, it
2: looked like she had hired a hitman yeah. or something. Was, like it was about to get real.
1: I don't know what she <laughs> had in mind for him, but uh, he mm-hmm. took the right path by begging for forgiveness and being really remorseful. For I mean, it sounds like this dude really had something happen to him, and he was really ashamed of his behavior, and it, w- it was really sickening to hear what he was saying, because it's like, you know that that really happens when he's like, you know, you know about what it takes to dig up dirt on a defendant to make her look bad, like, oh, find one picture of a mm-hmm. drunken party, go dig on her social media. Back in the day before social media, they used to dig through the trash, you know, yeah. all of these things, whatever they could do to make the the victim... Look bad, you know, victim shaming mm-hmm. and make her look bad. Well, she's a party girl. Of course, something like this was going to happen to her. It's her fault that it happened, you know, and completely yeah. taking the blame off the man. Um, and he was ashamed of that. Like this dude had like a psychotic break. He called it, um, you know. And so he he got away uh, unscathed, and she put it in his hands to do the right thing there at the end by you know saying, you know, in case um, I go missing here is where I was. You know, she gives him the address of, the. you know, I was at this bachelor party of this person. Here was the address. And she gives him the phone with the video on it. And then, of course, her parents have filed a missing persons report. The cops are at. So, of course, all these things kind of come together. And then we get, you know, the ending, you know, of, um, you know, but what was really sad was that everything that they tried to do the right thing. Like they tried to follow the system. They tried to do the right thing when all of this happened to Nina and Mm -hmm. nothing happened. It took them murdering Cassie to get justice. Like that's what it took. That was just Mm -hmm. made it so freaking sad. Um, And, you know, to see the men in this movie, you know, it's like, they're respectful. Like Al was like, I love my fiance. She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, you know, I feel like that's so common, you know, could be so respectful towards women who are important to them. You know, Alan is fiance, Ryan and Nina, you know, Jerry and his colleague, but they're horrible to the women that they see as vulnerable or if they have compromised judgment because they've been drinking, um, which is so consistent with slut shaming today. Um, mm-hmm. So, just so much. I could just go on. <laughs> oh. oh
2: yeah. I mean, cause that kind of goes into my next point. My next, like, you know, my number two is yes, kind of those please. personal marks. And that's, you know, cause I'll go ahead and say, you know, talking about that system and everything, because the title of this movie itself is a direct reference to the situation with rapist Brock Turner. And anytime I mention the name of rapist Brock Turner, I always Make sure to give him the surname of Rapist Rock Turner because he is trying so hard and everything in the system has tried so hard to take that away from his record. And so that's what I do because with Rapist Rock Turner, you know, uh, his situation is he did he, he sexually assaulted a young woman mm-hmm. who was like blackout drunk, could not consent, could not you know defend herself or anything. But because he was a star athlete and an exact quote, promising young man, that they sentenced him six months and he served three of them. And, you know, yes, he has to re- he had to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life, but that's it. In the grand scheme of things, it's a slap on the wrist. It's nothing. Mm-hmm. And so... That I—that's th- the direct reasoning, you know. And I see the name of this movie, and then realize what it was all about. I was like, ah, yes, directly what they're referencing there is
1: <laughs> and when the dean is sitting there talking. Because I know I've heard that same verbiage in the, in that case and mm-hmm. so many other cases. Well, should I really ruin this young man's life over this one mm-hmm. little incident? And I am like, oh my god, what about
2: exactly Nina?
1: What about this girl in this case? That girl in this case, her life is ruined. This has traumatized her. She has to live with that. Um, You know, it's okay to give the man the benefit of the doubt, but or woman there can be women that you know sexually assault um, or abuse. I'm not going to blanket it all on on men, but it just seems to be that's consistent of what we normally see. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what about them? What about the victims? They have to live with what happened to them for the rest of their lives, but. You know, oh, let's let the guy have the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. And that's that, that. that that case was so sickening.
2: Oh, absolutely, and so that's what I say with, with with Dean Walker. Yeah, you, you mentioned that is because in my notes I have that. I was just like, you know, oh, you know, she was sexually assaulted by the the young guy with the bright future, and mm-hmm. the school completely overlooked it due to their image and the, you know, but do we want to ruin his career and his future and this? And that's where I said, sound familiar? <laughs> and I was like, that's, uh, that's that case. Like right there, Liz staring you in the face. And, but man, uh, the way that the Cassie, the main point on that is like going after these things. Cause I think what it was, was this mission started when she was talking with Ryan and he mentioned that he still keeps in touch with all of these people. Cause the name Al Monroe came up and yeah. something like oh boy.
1: clicked yeah. in her face. Yeah.
2: And so I think that was the thing that kind of set her on this mission of like, okay, these people I have connection to now. And it, cause he mentioned, you know, that Madison was still friends with all of them and keeps in touch with them all on, on Facebook or friend, or I think is what it was on the, in the movie. But you know, what she realized is like, Oh, I can still like, there's a trail. I can find all these people, something clicks in her to start doing this. And, so now she's settling scores. Like I said, her Madison was first. She got her wildly drunk, and maybe she drugged her. I think <laughs> you know she slipped something in.
1: I don't know if she drugged this. her, but boy, she I, kept the drinks coming. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was either I don't. I wasn't sure because maybe yeah, maybe she just knew that she was gonna, you know, take a stressed out young new mom and keep pounding wine towards her, and maybe you'll get somewhere. I don't know. Just was able to kind of manipulate on that, but. Yeah, she just gets her to where she's like black out, and then hires a guy to like take her to her hotel, like to a hotel room where she will wake up there and just think that something happened. I do love that Cassie never actually took any kind of like, you know, moves towards certain, you know, things happening to people. Mm -hmm. She'd always kind of hint at it or threaten it, but she's not that monster. She's not going to put people through what like Nina had been through and what different. And so I love that, you know, when Madison's all freaked out, which I can understand, you know, finally she's like, nothing happened The that guy. Like, you know, literally she just hired him to be there when she woke up so that it would set something in her mind to be like, Oh no, this is fucked up. And what I did was wrong because now I'm feeling what other people have felt that I did to them.
1: Right. And,
2: and yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and yes, and you know, uh, I don't, It was still kind of, I I get where Cassie was coming from. Certainly trying to put Madison in the same shoes as Nina. Oh, it's still Um,
2: dark. Yeah. I mean, it's a terrible thing that she did. Yeah.
1: I mean, nobody escapes this movie, you know, as Mm -hmm. an unvarnished hero. You know, the the message for this movie, in my opinion, is that sexual assault is unacceptable and it's Mm -hmm. enabled by all of us who are unwilling to hold our peers accountable. You know, like Madison did, like Ryan did. Um, you know, if, if, if you are okay with not saying something, you are just as complicit as the person committing the actual act. Um, so, you know, Nina you yeah. know, is not exactly a hero in this movie. She does some not okay things, you know, in this film. Well, yeah, I mean, you she know.
2: literally kidnapped a high school yeah. age girl. Even though she
1: didn't literally <laughs> drop her off in some boy's dorm room with vodka yeah. in the room, some underage girl. She still, yeah, kind of like kidnapped there that girl.
2: and premeditated planning and manipulation absolutely. to get this girl. And, yeah. and
1: doing what she did to Madison... You know, even though nothing happened to Madison, she allowed Madison for some time to continuously believe that, you know, Madison kept calling her and calling her and calling her, um, you know, until, and it wasn't until Cassie, Jesus, I'm going to do it every time. Um, It wasn't until Cassie had gotten to a point where she was moving on, you know, letting it go. It was after she had had that conversation with Nina's mom and was really accepting her relationship with Ryan and being able to accept him as a good guy in her life and was ready to kind of just drop this whole thing. Um, You know, that she finally said to her, I'm sorry, Madison, nothing happened. You know, I'm, it was, you know, I'm sorry. It was mean and I shouldn't have, you know, you know, led you on for that long, but you know, everything, you know, you were okay and nothing happened. Um, So, I mean, Mm -hmm. It sounds like she wasn't even willing to do that had she not gotten to this point, you know, to where she was going to let, let yeah. stuff go. So that was a shitty thing to do. She busted up
2: absolutely that
1: one dude's car, you know, for mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I, I felt really good when she did that because I wanted to do that to a couple of <laughs> guys, too. Um, but, you know, it, that's not right. You know, she totally just busted up this dude's yeah. car. Um, you know, did he deserve it? maybe but does that mean you can't do that you're breaking the law you're not supposed to be doing things yeah. like that you can't act out like that you can't do that without getting in trouble for it so there were a lot of things that nina did in this film that that you know was not okay um yeah so yeah but that wasn't the point of it you know Mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah, it's this kind of shows, I mean, everybody's kind of flawed, but mm-hmm. you mentioned, you know, what she's getting at like Madison and the dean and the lawyer and stuff for is like, even if you weren't directly implicit in what happened at first that you said like that sitting around. And so that was even her big thing with Ryan is he had had that opportunity back then when she sees the video, knows that he's there and realized, you know, this whole there's all these accusations. There was a case that was open at the school. You were there, you were a witness, and you had the opportunity to speak ag- you know, speak out against your friends, help Nina get whatever justice she could. Instead, you know, like he said, he goes, I didn't do anything. And I was like, that's, that's the, the point. fucking point. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly. You did nothing, and <laughs> you let this slide, and you, you know, you didn't speak out against what you knew was wrong that your friends had done. And instead, you kept your mouth shut. You didn't want to go against, you know, the the status quo of, the th- of things. And you're still friends with those people today. Like, obviously, it hasn't affected you that bad. So it's kind of funny. Like, I had that moment when he goes, I didn't do anything. I'm like, exactly. You didn't like, do okay. anything. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you didn't do anything. That's the whole point. You didn't do anything. That's, yeah, just st- stood by. And, you know, that I think was kind of. A big part of that was not only did he not step up then, you know, when they were in college and he's witnessing this, you know, he's kind of just going along with it. He's kind of laughing, kind of egging him on. Um, in the end, he had an opportunity to step up and be mm-hmm. truthful. And he didn't. He totally just threw Nina, Cassie, Jesus, Cassie under the bus. Um you know, being like, "Oh, yeah, man, she was unstable." No, I, I don't know. She mentioned that work trip. I don't know where she went over the weekend. Yeah, you know, he he, he could, had
2: the perfect opportunity. He could have been yeah. truthful. He
1: could have stepped up and been like, "Yeah, this is this is what happened," and mm-hmm. he didn't.
2: She's on this vendetta,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I, you know, and she blackmailed me, and I gave her the location. Okay, well, why did she blackmail you? What was going on? And then you think, okay, so I mean, that video—if just the police have it. Mm-hmm maybe he's okay. Maybe there's like a st- statute of limitations, you know, like, but he's so caught up in his own selfishness of like, but I want to make sure that I am taking care of myself first where I don't, you know, exactly. that he's willing. Cause he had a moment to right his wrongs. He had the opportunity mm-hmm. and then he still didn't.
1: Yep. So yeah, he wasn't the nice guy that, you know, we were, you know, hoping for. And yeah. that was another jab. Not only do we get to see, you know, Bo Burnham play this part of, you know, you think he's a nice guy and then he crushes you, you know, at the end. Um, But, you know, he really does captivate you and charm, charm, you know, he charmed Mm -hmm. me watching the movie. Like he charmed Cassie, you know, the whole scene in the pharmacy, you know, and they're dancing around the pharmacy, you know, to a silly pop song. Um, You know, that's exactly, you know, it it, it made sense this was i think a sweet moment that's when you really kind of see you know uh cassie falling falling in love with him when you can see a guy who's secure in his masculinity and you know can sing and dance to a, a pop song in the middle of a store you know and you're kind of like oh yeah. he's so cute and goofy you know and you really have he's that his moment. most
2: like peak bo burnham in that scene where he's like popping bags of chips as confetti yes. with a flourish <laughs> so
1: <laughs> bo burnham uh, in that moment he definitely mm-hmm. there was um you know uh, moments of himself coming through in that scene oh yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> yeah but yeah so you know disappointing to see that he he was still worried about his own like I said self-image and his own selfish reasons not wanting to ruin his career and um totally just had an opportunity and he blew it so yep, could have been truthful wow heavy stuff <laughs> where, do yeah. we, where do we go from here i don't even know what number we're on um
2: I think I was wrapping up my number two on that one. Is that
1: your number two? Yeah. Well, let me go through here. I think that was mine too. Um, Because I only have one left. Oh, nope. Sorry. I've got one. I skipped it because I moved it off uh, my list. Or not off Uh my list, but I moved it around on my list. Um, Just short and sweet. I kind of mentioned it a little bit. What I really uh, loved – about this film because i was talking about it you know um with the trailer you know when i first saw that i was like oh what's this um it gives you no clue really what to expect um what i found delightful is that this movie right away deceives you with the trailer it's got this kind of lipstick candy color kind of promo you know and then you know you're like oh this is you know, you kind of have an idea in your head. And I thought it was kind of more like a romantic kind of movie or something. You know, I was like, I don't quite know what to expect here, but I'm kind of intrigued. And then to watch the movie, you realize how much that they've subverted your expectations, the way Cassie subverts expectations or how she lures the culprits in the film is what I feel like this trailer did. It's like, you know, Cassie acting inebriated or drunk to lure these culprits is what they did with the trailer. Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, this is what this <laughs> is. And this is what's happening here. And this is what you, you think is going to happen, but that's not what happens. Um, so I, I thought that the way that they did, that was really genius. Um, I thought that like the way that they did, you know, the costumes, you know, it was a very feminine film, lots of girly yeah. colors. Um you know, lots of um, beautiful dresses, you know, great wardrobe, you know, her hair and makeup were, you know, were, were really great. Um, so I, I, I liked That kind of was a contrast with like the tone of the film. I thought that was yeah. kind of different. And that was something I just wanted to kind of highlight. I thought all of that was really kind of um, genius. Cause it's not what you always see. Um,
2: you know, well, even the soundtrack and the music, it was all like female pop music right? like <laughs> yeah
1: yep you were right so what is your number one
2: my number one um we did just like before that we were talking about him was ryan oh okay and so i was gonna see if i had any other yeah because it's like you know i i really wanted to like him yeah and like for like the first half of the movie i did mm-hmm I was like, he's funny, self-deprecating in that like charming way, maybe a little overzealous, you know, like continuing to come back to the coffee shop and and like, don't you want to go on a date with me, don't you? But I was like, maybe, you know, sometimes you have to be that way, but there's a line. Like I think there's a difference between being like like, so like you know, confident versus being pushy. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a line, and it's it's sometimes hard to to tell, and it's different with different people. But, like, so some of the things, it's, like, it's on that line with people I can see. But, like, I I don't, you know, like, fault him for those things. Because if he's, like, he's got a crush on this girl and he remembers her from school, shoot your shot, dude. Like, that's what he's doing. And he's, like, yeah, I'm going to keep coming back. But if she tells me to fuck off, then I'm going to. Right. Like, I think that's where he has. But but I think there's, like, that little where he said maybe he misread stuff. Because, like, where he's at is he's reading, like, Okay, like she's been hurt, or like she, there's something going on, but maybe she's like, you know, you know, a little bit, you know, possible, you know, it's it's a possibility. Because mm-hmm. I think if she would have like straight up told him, "You're, I, I don't want you to come back." Like I feel like this is harassment. I think he would have stopped.
1: I think he would have too. I think he would have too. Yeah. But I think he was he was interested, and I think there is a fine line where you can be kind of persistent um, and just try without crossing a line than being a jerk or a perv or uh being a stalker or you know whatever um because yeah if someone tells you to piss off then you should piss off um which yeah. she didn't seem to do so i think maybe that's mm-hmm. where he felt yeah
2: so, so i yeah i didn't fault him for that cuz even you yeah, know that moment where he invites her into his apartment and it weirds her out and he he apologizes mm-hmm. and says you know oh you know so, so I was like, I'm still team Ryan at that point. I was like, okay, right. because then the next time they get together is her showing up at his work, wanting to try again. Exactly. So like, obviously in his mind now, he's like, okay, so this does go both ways and that it's okay to kind of be a little persistent because if she didn't have the, any kind of same feelings, then she wouldn't be showing up while I'm
1: at work. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, he, he didn't try to coerce her into his apartment he didn't try to manipulate her into, you know, he just simply asked her, hey, would you like to come up I mean, maybe have a nightcap or have a drink? Um, I see where it was off-putting to her and a lot of women. It's totally, you know, her reaction was okay. Um, but when he's like apologetic and like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought I... I guess I misread the situation. I'm sorry. You know, he he apologized for it and he dropped it. He was totally fine that she didn't want to come upstairs. You know, he he was willing to leave it at that point. Whereas, you know, someone who, you know, maybe is not such a nice person, which we know later and we find out Ryan is not the nicest. um, But, you know, at the moment, we believe him to be, you know, someone, you know, even though she's sober, could still try to coerce you into coming up try to oh
2: come on you know yeah One talk drink. you into it like just what's it gonna do what's it gonna hurt exactly but yeah. somehow <laughs> try to
1: manipulate you coerce you maybe make you feel guilty mm-hmm. or you know push you into to coming up upstairs for mm-hmm. you know that drink or something and you know really if someone's like no nope, i'm good maybe another time you know or whatever you just be like okay you know that's fine you know
0: yeah.
1: and, and and drop right. it
2: <laughs> yeah there's so there's a lot of this movie up until that reveal really where i I was rooting for him. I know. I, I really, and it, maybe a lot of it is because it's Bo Burnham. I know. And I love him anyway. So, cause I was like, cause it's, he, he was so just like that perfect, dark, irreverent humor. I was like, he's adorably offensive. That's what I love about mm-hmm. him. So it's like, you know, the joke where he's sitting there and she was like, are you sure you can go right now at your work? He's like, oh yeah, that kid's got leukemia. He doesn't stand a chance. So I might as well leave. Like these like dark jokes that he's just like, and she's like, really? And he's like, no, I'm off him. It's okay. You know? But just like that, cause that's so Bo Burnham, like yep. that is his, and he's, he's good for that, like just edgy kind of dark, irreverent humor. And so I was like, yeah, he's putting a lot of his character totally. into this, you know, his, his, himself into this character. And so maybe that's part of the reason I'm rooting for him is because, because it's Bo Burnham. I know. And then I felt really bad for him when he runs into her pulling her, her ploy on the guy at the bar.
1: Yeah. Where
2: he walks into – he's walking into the bar and there she is stumbling, drunk, hanging off the shoulder of some guy after she blew off the date that they were supposed to be on that evening. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is a hard one to explain. She shows up at his apartment to try to explain and he just doesn't want to hear it at that time, which – I'm again like I'm on his side for that because how do you explain that she's like oh it's not a serious thing or it's not against you you know I just have this weird weekly ritual where I pretend to be super wasted so a creep takes me home and then I get to set him straight however necessary you know it's,
1: yeah, it's just you know what just you do Friday right night for me like- yeah
2: of course <laughs> and so I I felt for him in that moment because I'm like yeah like that's a kick in the nuts for him for sure it's mm-hmm. you know you definitely. So like at that point all the way, you know all the way to where he's having dinner like the you know meet the parents moment, I'm rooting for him because he's he's funny you know her dad is just like oh you didn't tell me he's funny you didn't tell him funny you know <laughs> just like oh so you're you're a doctor your parents must be proud actually no they wanted me to be a DJ you know these hilarious jokes he keeps going with the sauce is incredible just the awkward goofiness I was like man I want to like this guy but then even before the reveal I was like. I have a feeling I know what this movie is doing. And I was like, I keep having the sinking feeling that things are going to go badly with him. Yeah. And I was like, it I'm scared. And then, and I was like, boom, there it is. As soon as when she showed, when the, Madison laid down the phone and said, there's a video, I kind of called it. I knew I was like, Ryan's going to be involved. Because he. I know earlier in the movie, he said he still keeps in touch with Al and Joe and all these guys. Mm-hmm. He was friends with them in college, so I was like, as soon as the video came up, before she even hit play, I was like, and Ryan was there, and he hasn't said anything. I know.
1: I know. And, you know, it was hard to tell whether or not he actually remembered that, like, when she confronted him, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, and I like the point that Nina would make to so many of them, like, you know, when she would, you know... You know, well, don't you remember Nina? Or don't you remember what happened? And they're like, well, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Just like, what didn't make an impact? You know, which again is mm-hmm. you know just an, another little kick. You know that something that made such a huge impact to someone else. You know they barely remember or care enough yeah. to remember what happened and don't even think about it. It was
2: like, yeah, a little throwaway line on their first date in the diner while they're eating their burgers and fries or whatever. And because they talk, he's talking about, yeah, you know, Madison. You know, had twins and stuff and was like, and she pretends not to remember who Madison was, mm-hmm. and he, she was like, "I thought you and Madison were close, you know, you and her and that other girl
1: mm-hmm. like he
2: is already at that moment, like not even
1: yeah not even acknowledging, yeah, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, so many, so many things in this film we could probably talk um for hours, <laughs> um, yeah. I know, I know. I I don't know Bo Bo Burnham. I know who he is, and I've heard a lot of his stuff, but it's mostly through my my kid because she's Uh more of that generation. And so I admit I'm the old person who had to be introduced to (laughs) Bo Burnham and, you know, who he is, and I think he's funny. So, I mean, but, yeah, it it was Adam Brody that got me more, I think, than probably Bo Burnham. That was (laughs) a stick. Like, you know, they got me good. I was like, no. (laughs) That one that one, kind of crushed me. But again, um, genius casting, you know, that they did all this on yes. purpose, all the folks that we know as good guys. Chris Lewis. So I didn't watch Glow. I remember him from private practice. Uh, Lowell, I Oh, think. Lowell, sorry. Um, yeah. What was his character on Glow? Was he a good guy, nice guy on um, that show?
2: I'm trying to think <laughs> if I want to, like, spoil things on Glow or not for people. But I,
1: Is there an unspoilery- of, I'm trying to general. think
2: because he plays his character on Glow is you know the 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 son of the super wealthy rich kind of guy. He's like the you know rich heir kind of guy who has all this money. Mm-hmm. But then what he does is with that money is his dream. Instead of going into finance or the family business or whatever, he's like, I want to own a wrestling company. So he's like the guy who funds okay. and owns Glow.
1: Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. It was kind of
2: his. And then he has some really cool like personal storylines we get to find out more about him and like certain struggles with his you know who he is and everything like that so it's really cool i was but, just
1: curious because not everyone I, like i wasn't familiar with all of the yeah. actors like i've seen them from some things and like i said i only knew him from private practice and he was a nice guy and that but you know yeah. they were kind of making so i would say a point of,
2: bash from glow is a good guy okay. yeah i think he plays a really likable character and that for the most part it was
1: helpful to just because i was like I mean, I know him from private practice, but they made it sound like it was a kind of a big deal that he played, like, the big bad, you know, Al, you know, in this film. Because it was like, oh, that would be the last person that you would think of, Mm -hmm. you know. um,
2: Yeah, because his character in Glow, yeah, is once I was like, oh, that's who that is. Because I was like, why does he look familiar? And I was like, okay, it's Bash mm -hmm. from Glow. And then I was just like, yeah, man, it's hard to see because he's –
1: like not like he, that
2: That's not him. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Well that that's helpful. That's helpful to know. Cause yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. didn't watch Glow. Um All right. Well, my number one um we, we you mentioned it a little bit, but one thing that I really liked about this film uh was the music. The mm-hmm. music choices in this movie I thought were really great. I think, you know, you mentioned there was a lot of um pop music in, in the film, and I thought that, you know that balanced out this really dark tone of the movie, which I thought was really awesome. And I don't care what anyone thinks. I like Paris Hilton's song. I like this. Song. <laughs> <laughs> I like stars are blind. I was like, you know, um, I wasn't dancing, but I was like singing along with them and just like thought it was really cutesy. And I was like, I feel like I totally forgot about that until, um, I remember when it came out, but had just kind of forgotten about it. Uh, you know, until this movie. And I was like, Oh my God, that's right. Paris Hilton had a song. And it, in my opinion, wasn't that bad. <laughs> I thought it was, <laughs> I don't care. I, I love, um, lots of different music. It might sound cliche. I don't care. Um, I liked it. I thought it was just fun and cute. And then of course, toxic, mm-hmm. you know, from Brittany, Brittany rules, um, in this house. Mm. So it was fun to hear toxic. <laughs> and then, um, <clears throat> At the end, what really, really got me was "Angel of the Morning" um, mm-hmm. by Juice Newton. Wow, wow! That I mean, I thought it was perfect uh, for that part in the movie, but also um, just one of my favorite songs as a kid. I grew up on that uh, song whenever I was little, and even at a young age, understood what that song, what its meaning was, and what it was about. Um, and was just always a favorite. I l- loved Juice Newton um as a kid. Um, so really love that. That was a super big treat. But I thought all the musical choices that they that they used kind of fit with the whole tone of where they were going. Like I yeah. said, so the costumes, you know, the, you know, her pastel colored fingernails, um, her wardrobe um totally went with the whole theme. So I thought Kudos to them for their musical choices. You know, you and I are big music lovers um, and have a real diverse taste in music. Uh, Both of us do. So I, you know, knew that you would probably appreciate it as well. Um, You know, just the music that you get um, in this. So that was big for me. I love that.
2: Oh yeah. I know. even like that first song when the movie first starts and it kind of shows the, the, all the guys dancing at the mm-hmm. club and stuff. But I was just like, okay, we're going to kick this thing off with a banger. Got Hell it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <Hell> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I've listened to the soundtrack quite a bit. Nice. So, all <laughs> right. You got any notes?
2: Uh, I don't, I think we covered all of them really other than, I guess, just one kind of question, but not even really a question, but it's the scene where where Cassie's sitting with Nina's mother, played by Molly Shannon. Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, and I, I think I might have even figured this out for myself as we've talked, but, you know, she says you have to stop, you know, for, for all of us. And I was like, what does she know? Like, is it just, mm-hmm. is she, is it just very base level of telling her, like, you need to stop, like, focusing and, like, you know, having your entire life rotate around what happened to Nina and you need to let it go and move on or does she know more of like what she's doing it's like you should stop doing these things like how much do they talk like how connected are they and you don't really get an answer so that was the only thing I was kind of like how much does she know in that scene is she telling her like you need to stop going to these bars and and like picking up these dudes situation. to see yeah or is she just saying you need to stop and let go of what happened to Nina and move on with your with your life like I couldn't really tell which one it was and maybe that was the point was for you not to really know exactly
1: yeah I, I wondered that too I was like wow how much does she know about what Cassie is doing every week Um, you know out mm-hmm. of you know because this you know is not just a story about revenge but it's about love and loyalty you know yeah. um between Cassie and and Nina, it's about growing up, it's about friendship, it's about love, it's about loyalty, it's about revenge, so many things. And so yeah, I wonder that too. That was a really good question. But I, I think she probably obviously knows, like everyone, that she quit med school, um, and yeah. that she seems kind of stuck. Like her parents mm-hmm. obviously see her as stuck. Like, what are you still doing here? You know, you're 30. Why are you working in a coffee shop? Why, you know, why aren't you moving on? Why aren't you, like, you know, getting through and getting on with life? Um, Yeah. You know, she puts on, I think, a good mask and a good face in front of less people. Like, she seems like, oh, life is fine. I'm fine. I'm enjoying working in this coffee shop. But I think she probably did to an extent. I feel like she was good friends with, you know, her boss, um, played Mm -hmm. by Laverne Cox. But, you know she was kind of just stuck. Like this is just what her life was, was avenging Nina. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if that's just all that her mom knew or if she did know a little bit about how she was, I would hope that if she knew she would be trying to talk her out of doing that. You yeah. know? I mean, that's like I said, it was not good of Nina to do or Cassie Jesus um, to, <laughs> you know, to do is to continuously put herself in these situations every week. I think for parents, knew, yeah. they would be absolutely horrified. Oh, yeah. So um, w- one note that I had was one of my favorite lines. I mean, it's dark, um, but what really stood out and I think makes an impact was when Cassie has Al chained to the bed at the bachelorette party. And she's really railing at him for, for what he did. And he's like, he screams at her. He's like, hey, I was a victim of it, too. He goes, it's every guy's nightmare being accused like that. And she goes, Mm -hmm. can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Yep. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) bingo. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Um, Because, you know, something that really came up several weeks ago, and it's a little bit of a different story, not, um, you know, the exact same circumstances, but pretty similar circumstances to the kind of world that we live in was the um, story of Sarah Everard, that missing London woman that um several weeks ago made a lot of um, news um, across the world where she was missing and she later they ended up finding her body um, mm. and she was just walking home. She was just walking yeah. home and you know she was you know, you would think doing the right things, but you know we live in in a world where you know, I have to hold my keys a certain way. If I'm walking alone at night, walking to my car, um, you know, you avoid certain roads or certain paths or you feel like someone's following behind you. So you all of a sudden take a different route, um, you know, where you're constantly fearful of what might happen to you. Um, and I've lived in a world where I've had to have conversations like that with my daughter, you know, my daughter, you know, when she was going to high school, uh, when she went to college, and even now as an adult, you know, have had constant conversations about the risks of, you know, going to parties and never letting your drink out of your sight for fear that someone might put something in your drink. Don't let someone give you a drink. You get your own drink. Don't leave it out of your sight, um, you know, and and just teaching her all of these things and trying to always make her cognizant of her surroundings. And I'm like, <laughs> how horrific that I have to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, that's exactly what she said was exactly it. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Um, That hit home. That was a gut punch. Um, We mentioned the different colored ink uh, in her little notebook was a mystery. Um, I don't know that we'll ever find that out, but yeah, it had me thinking too. Um, A fun little note, Emerald fennel actually makes a cameo. In the movie. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. the YouTube girl giving the tutorial for the perfect blowjob lips. <laughs> so yes. if you wondered who Emerald <laughs> Fennel is, and listen, can we talk just for a moment about Emerald Fennel? Like you said, this not only is she getting um, you know, so so many um, great nominations and awards for her directorial debut, she wrote this script, she directed mm-hmm. it. Um, but she also, I, I saw her and whenever I then saw who, like I didn't make the connection um, until I started looking uh, some things up about this film, about who Emerald Fennel was. I watched the crown on Netflix and this last season um, she played uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. So she's an actress. She's a writer. She's a director. Apparently she, uh, proclaims herself to have ADD. She always gets bored. She's always like looking for a project or looking for something to do. So she's always kind of bouncing around and just always, you know, looking to do things. And I thought she was wonderful in that role. Um, Thought she played it brilliantly. So that was fun. She was also the season two showrunner of um, killing Eve. Have you ever seen killing Eve?
2: I haven't seen it, but I've heard really good things.
1: I love that show. That is a show that I wish um, I had covered from season one it's Mm -hmm. still on um they've had just did the third season not long ago Um, i think they're going to do a season four that might be it i think i'm not 100 sure but anyway season one phoebe waller bridge did which i love her i worship at the altar of phoebe waller bridge um (laughs) she did season one and what they've done with killing eve it's been the um tradition that when Phoebe Waller-Bridge started it, she's like, I'm only doing one season and every season, a new female showrunner has to take it over. Like it has to every year be a woman and it, it's going to be one year. So it's an opportunity for a woman to kind of get her start or to get recognized. And that's kind of where Emerald Fennel kind of got a little bit of a jumpstart um, was that's from cool. killing Eve. So she did season two. So, um, so kudos to her. I'm just loving everything that she's um, doing. Um, I think she's on board to write a new script for a DC movie. Is it Zantana? Zantana or Zantana? Zantana?
2: That's not a character I'm super familiar with, but I know who it is. I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Super cool. And we mentioned some of the awards. So just to kind of go through the, all in the show has already gotten 87 awards and 185 nominations. Um, but just some of the high level, I know it's amazing. So it's been nominated for best motion picture of the year from the Oscars, um, best performance by an actress in a leading role, best achievement in directing, best original screenplay, um, best achievement in film editing, uh, for the golden globes. Um, Best Screenplay Motion Picture, Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture Drama for Carey Mulligan, Best Director Motion Picture Emerald Fennell, um, Best Motion Picture Drama. Now, they were just nominated at the Golden Globes. They didn't um, actually win. They've been nominated at the BAFTA Awards for Best Film, Best Screenplay, Best Editing, Original Score, Best Casting. Um, the SAG Awards nominated for outstanding performance by a female actor for Carrie Mulligan. Those are just some of the high level. Like I said, for a total yeah. of 185 nominations and 87 wins so far. We'll see how it does at wow. the Oscars. Mm-hmm. So I hope that, um, well, I mean, I hope if you're listening to this, you've watched the movie because we've talked about it and spoiled it for you. Um, yeah. But I, I, I think just outstanding. Um, Mm -hmm. definitely a film and I'm glad it's getting talked about because I think it's really important. All right. Um, If we don't have any other notes um, at this point, um, I've kind of talked a few news item ish a little bit as we were talking in our top five. So I'm just going to jump into my favorite part um, of the podcast is listener feedback. So um, the first one that we have here is from a good friend of ours, Karen, she As she says, an astounding directorial debut by Emerald Fennell, genius casting of all the male roles, and a fine performance by Carrie Mulligan, who is expected to get the Oscar. As for the movie overall, I think it's engaging and important for today's social climate, but I didn't absolutely love it. Can't wait for your guys' take.
2: Nice. All right. Next one comes from our good friend Doug Fick. And he says, overall, I liked the movie. I thought initially that I was getting a serial killer movie whose hero preys on douchebags, but it turns out to be a revenge movie for one scene and one unseen character. And early on, when I saw how many marks were in her book, I thought, how many people has she killed? Are there that many tools in the Naked City? What did the different colors of the marks in her book mean? But when she lets McLeven off the hook, I knew her revenge was about mind fucks and teaching a lesson. Did you notice the movie poster in McLeven's apartment? It was for a 1947 French film, Panique, about mer- murder and betrayal it fit the mood of that scene as well as the effect of her revenge scenarios. I wonder what the symbolism of Cassie, Cassie's Easter egg colored nail polish was roofie detecting nail polish. Mm. Perhaps hmm. I've heard that's a thing. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, anyway, where was I at? Oh yeah. She sa- he goes on to say, uh, you notice that that was the color scheme of her wig when she dressed as the nurse. Cassie's death scene was very hard to watch and was quite the twist as all her revenge plans were going as planned, but burning the body, I think the handcuffs, tainted alcohol, and the scalpel would be enough to explain to the police that it was self-defense, but I know it's a movie. The music was great, especially the slowed down eerie version of Britney's. he says poison, but it's toxic. We're going to correct you on pop music. Yep. <laughs> Free Brittany, Free Britney, by the way. The cameos were cool as well. I will have to say, however, that there was not one male character with any redeeming qualities whatsoever, even Ryan, as it turns out, and mostly stereotypical white frat boy assholes. The final revenge deluge was delicious, and in the end, Cassie got what she sought, sort of. All in all, a good movie with an important message about an important topic. Looking forward to your thoughts. Happy spring, everyone.
1: Yay, happy spring. Thanks. Yeah, hashtag Free Britney. Yeah, um, yeah <laughs> good thoughts. Is there such a thing as roofie detecting nail polish? I feel like that's
2: something I've heard of before. At least, like, I've heard that there's, like, they've, like, there's, like, different things. Almost like a pH, like, strip that you could like, test. Like, there's, like, different things like that. Like, if there's something, like, detected in a drink or whatever, it'll change colors.
1: Holy crap. I'm going to look that up and see if that's a thing. Or if there's, you know, something Mm -hmm. out there that... Can like yeah. protect that. I just try to stick to the rule of like, don't let anyone else handle my put drink. Like a coaster
2: myself. over it. And if that's been like, yeah, <laughs> or,
1: like put a little hair on it or something, be like, ah. like, booby trap it or something. No, no, I'm very like, mm-hmm. you know, I have to be, well, if I'm out, I
2: have a trusted friend. I say hold I for very you. rarely go out
1: by myself. Almost never. I'm way yeah. too shy to ever go out by myself. I have never in the history ever went out by myself. I'm always at least with one friend, and that friend is like, yeah. watch my drink, and I scoot it close to them. I'll be right back. You know, like if I'm having to go to the bathroom or something. Um, so yeah, I, I don't leave my drink out of my sight or unwatched. Mm-hmm. Um, good thoughts there, Doug. Glad you enjoyed it. Um. So I mentioned I did watch this with my kid and she had some thoughts and I, you know, really I I tried to get her to guest with us and she was like, no, not having it. (laughs) She's a very behind the scenes type of person. She's like, I'm not going to do that. And I go, will you give me some feedback? Cause I really want to like get your deep thoughts. And she's like, yes. So this next email um, is from my kiddo. She says, I liked that this wasn't your typical rage-revenge murder story. The entire film keeps you on your toes, and I thought the ending was brilliant. It's the most honest ending it could have had. Women don't often resort to violence, so yeah, she's in a closed room with a man and a weapon. How it ended was the obvious choice. I especially loved the scene when Cassie pulls up to the bachelor party. When that cover of Britney Spears' Toxic starts playing, I literally get chills. It was perfect. Not only does the song slap, but the choice to play it while she's about to walk in on a house full of toxic masculinity, chef's kiss. (laughs) The choice to have all the guys in the movie played by your typical nice guy was brilliant. It makes it hurt even more when you hate them, which is honestly how it is with a lot of the nice guys you encounter every day. I've loved Bo Burnham and Schmidt from New Girl for years, so it felt like my heart ripped when they inevitably turned out to be not as good as they say they are. The scene at the end when Cassie's friend Gail opens the envelope and finds Cassie's half of the necklace brings a tear to my eye. Cassie wore Nina's half of the necklace after she died, so it's fitting that Cassie's only friend should get her half when she dies. It was just a beautifully thought out detail. Also, the cinematography and wardrobe were perfect. I say this as, uh, or I type this with my fresh manicure inspired by Cassie it's an important film that everyone needs to see because we all know a cassie or a nina whether we know we do or not this happens every day toxic toxic masculinity is something women encounter almost on a daily basis and guess what we're over it nice that's my girl
2: i love it i'm glad that she was able to to give a little feedback and thought on that because i I think that's really good insight and an awesome email. She
1: is twenty six, so um, you know she's living in that world. You know, as all mm-hmm. of us women do, and um, she's got opinions. Uh, so yeah, I'm 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 glad. I was like, okay, if I can't get you to record, will you write something to me? So I, and I was like, are you okay if I? read it on the podcast and she's like, yes. (laughs) So (laughs) no, it's a step. Yeah. It's a little something it's, it's her words without her actually Uh, saying them. She's a behind the scenes person. She doesn't want to be an actress. She wants to be that writer producer behind the scenes. Um, So Uh yeah, that's just definitely not her thing, but um, love, love that feedback, baby girl, even though she's not going to listen to this. Um, (laughs) Okay. We did get a voicemail. I was almost a little worried thinking, am I going to get a voicemail from Steve this week? And he came through. Um, So we do have a voicemail from our good friend, Steve this week.
0: Hey, Peyton Rima, it's Steve. And I'm just starting promising young woman for the first time. Uh, I kind of know what it's about, but I saw the trailer, like, I don't know. It was a long time ago. Well, that went from bad to, I guess. Okay. Really quick. Um, And now we're into the credits and this has got Clancy Brown in it. I just watched Highlander. Crazy. Yeah, dude, stop talking about it because that's what's going to jinx it. The coke may be why your novel's not going to work. It just sucks. Yeah. And this whole banter about makeup doesn't work for me. So, see, she just left Neil with a good talking to, so... I guess that's something. I'm sure we're going to find out what, what messed this woman up so deeply um, throughout the rest of the movie, but... You know, this guy really seems pretty sincere and, and seems like a, a good guy. So, I don't know. We'll see. Wow, I'm not sure how to feel about what just happened. I mean, I understand that Madison, Allison Bree's character uh, obviously wronged her in some way, but to set her up for this, I don't know. Okay, I don't want to go too long because... The movie's got about an hour left, so I'm not sure. I'm, wow, this is really a good choice because I'm uh, really torn about this character and about this movie. The scene with Dr. Green is interesting and then the guy out on the street as well. So the whole thing with Allison Breeze's character wasn't a thing, but there is something, so we'll see. I love Mask Greenfield. He's a new girl. I have no... I don't know how to feel about this right now. Well, she got her... uh, her final... uh, revenge. Unfortunately for her. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this movie. Uh, Thank you, Strange Indeed.
1: Um, you're welcome. I don't know.
2: (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That was uh, quite the journey to go on (laughs) with you, but, but I really appreciate it. I like that because I can tell like just hearing like your tone of voice and stuff as you're going through that, Steve, that like you're kind of on that same ride that I was watching this movie going through the first time and being like, Mm -hmm. this is rough and I don't know how to feel about some of this stuff. And it's, it's definitely a hard watch in a lot of places, but but I'm, I'm yeah, so it was really cool, kind of listening to you go through that journey, yeah. As well,
1: I know. I I wish I could have like I don't know. I don't watch a whole lot of them, but when you see people do like a live reaction um, video of a show or a movie or something that they watch, I was like, ah, oh, would have been so cool to like do this one. You know, um, whenever I watched it for the first time, because I feel like he was verbalizing kind of my experience a little bit too. Yeah, I I don't know, Steve. I maybe after I I. I'm going to have to ping Steve now that he's had some time to sit on it and kind of see what his thoughts are, if he's okay. I feel like I need to check on Steve and make sure he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Thank you, everyone, so much for the feedback. Like I said, this was definitely, um, you know, I feel it was important, but I've been trying to scream from the rooftops i've been sharing it in our group i've shared it you know with my friends and just try to get people to watch it because i feel like and maybe more people are watching it now that it's kind of getting more recognition and it's getting you know it's going through Mm -hmm. the award circuit you know golden globes the oscars um you know i I know that it's not just on any platform you have to rent it so that i know sometimes turns people off a little bit sometimes when they have to do that so i just feel like if you get an opportunity to watch it um I was really pushing hard for this. And also, like I said, um, I'm going to podcast on it because I feel very, very strongly about it. I have to talk about it. I have this urge inside of me to talk about it um, and also hopefully get people to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you everyone so much for your feedback and contributing. I hope that you felt something, um, whatever those feelings are. I hope it was something and I hope that you heard the message and that it made an impact. Um, Cause that's what it was meant to do. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, before we took a deep dive into promising a woman, um, what's next for strange indeed. I don't know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to say, well, this is what we're doing. And then we don't do it. Um, I have a plan in place Mm -hmm. was talking to you know pick and i were talking about it before we started recording so um yeah. i would just say stay tuned i will post you know, things if we're going to cover something. So everyone knows if you want to participate and leave some feedback, go along, um, and watch with us. Um, you know, I hope everyone does. Um, thank you everyone for being patient while I've kind of stepped back and taken a little bit of a break. It was kind of neat. I was getting a little bit, I don't want to say burned out because it wasn't really burned out. I think I was overworked. Thanks everyone for being patient. Um, Thank you for, you know, being with us for Promising Young Woman. Um, Peke and I are going to talk some more about what we're going to cover next. So stay tuned um, for that. So hope you join us on what we're going to do next. Got a couple ideas. Hope you guys are excited mm-hmm. about it. Um, but I know we are excited that you joined us. And we hope that you follow us on Twitter at Strangetecast.
2: You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Cast.
1: And you can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app.
2: You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at Podcastica.com. And go out to leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts
1: as well. So many great Mm -hmm. things on Podcastica. Um, Jason and Lucy, we've gotten some bonus episodes from The Walking Dead. Um, Lots of feelings. Mm -hmm. good and bad, I think on some of these bonus episodes, but um, you know, however you feel about them. um, You should definitely check out what Jason and Lucy have to say. Um, And then uh, coming soon on house Podcastica, they're going to be covering, well, I know Jason and a couple of his good friends um, just covered uh, justice league, the Snyder cut. Um, I have lots of thoughts and feelings on that. (laughs) Um, But then upcoming um, in April, season four of handmaid's tale yes uh will be coming out oh my goodness talk about some heavy watching um if you thought promising woman was hard to watch um handmaid's tale is right up there with it man but great show and they covered um uh, last season so they're also going to cover season four so be sure to check them out Mm -hmm. um and because we love talking about great podcasts, as I mentioned, Paik has not slowed down. <laughs> he has stayed busy during this entire time. Um, oh, yeah. So make sure you check out Paik and Daphne covering Run for Your Lives, um, where you guys cover some awesome like creature features and monster movies and adventure movies. What have you guys got going on this week? Can you give us a sneak peek?
2: Yeah. So uh, the – latest episode that is up for sure at least by the time we're recording this uh i'm not sure release schedule i think with what we release, but uh uh, godzilla king of the monsters is the last one that's out for sure we've been going through the monsterverse movies getting ready for godzilla vs kong which actually drops tonight so
1: freaking day job and i have to go to bed
2: (sighs) i'm gonna probably end up watching that Because, you know, it's, like, a theater release, but then it also releases on HBO Max and all that stuff. So, depending on, like, if they drop it at, like, midnight or 2 a.m. or whatever tonight, maybe. But then if it's, like, another thing where they actually wait till like, noon or something tomorrow, then I will probably watch it tomorrow night. But, uh... Oh, man. But I'm excited. But then the one that's coming up this weekend on there is we are diving into Train to Busan. South Korean zombie movie. So good.
1: Oh my gosh, you know, I am normally not into subtitles. I I that's annoying about me, I know, <laughs> but um this movie got so many great like things said about it that I was like, Well, hell, I'm gonna try it. And oh my god, it was wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely you don't even think about the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Like the movie's just that good. You just
2: get so. sucked into like just the incredible like storytelling and the acting and Yes. Yeah. Like it's a zombie movie, great zombie but it's got movie. so much heart and stuff to it also. It's great.
1: Totally. That's a great choice. Great choice. Um, covering that. Yeah. Well, excited, excited for that. Um, so yeah, thanks for checking in because you guys have been doing some great stuff. It's been Thank fun.
2: <laughs> it is. its It's been a lot of fun. We've got so much other stuff yeah, planned like with new movies. I said. the... Yeah, Godzilla vs. Kong is coming up. And then, like, finally, we're getting somewhere. I think, like, A Quiet Place 2 is scheduled for May. I think they've moved it up. Mm -hmm. And so that will be later this year. And then.
1: I'm getting excited for Mortal Kombat. Yeah, that'll be cool. I love Mortal Kombat.
2: And uh, let's see. I know, you know, Jurassic Park, you know, we were kind of trying to cover all those movies. You know, line it up to where when Jurassic World Dominion comes out, but they keep pushing that back more and more where that's still right now looking like next year sometime. I know. So we're it's spreading really that annoying. out a little bit more. So I think we're we're actually going to be doing, we've, we've done up through three. So we still have the Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom to do, but we're going to do mm-hmm. four more episodes on Jurassic Park because we will also do an episode on each uh, season of the Netflix animated series, Camp Cretaceous as well. Yeah, so there's some Jurassic Park stuff coming up in the near future for Run for Your Lives as well. Still to do.
1: Can never have too much Jurassic Park. No, <laughs> no never. Awesome. Well, that's great. Yep. Be sure to check Run Run for Your Lives yes. podcast everywhere where you, um, wh- however you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah.
2: We're everywhere. <laughs> Like I say on our, our podcast, if you've listened to Run for Your Lives, I'm going to say at the end, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, <laughs> Audible, Pandora, YouTube, anywhere you can get podcasts. So
1: that's awesome. You'll
2: that find us awesome. anywhere. Go to runforyourlivespodcast.com and find links to all our social media and, and, and uh, podcast players. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And Karen, she is strange indeed. (laughs) Awesome.